Is it a thing to be able to shake hands after a game for parents to accept defeat? <laughs> it's easy to shake hands after the win. Yeah. But no, after the defeat, no, it's hard, bro. So because we live in a culture where where do they really start to count the losses, man? Like, at what age? That's my question, real quick. What <laughs> what age is it like when you playing you basketball, they really take the score and it really... Participation trophies has, has yeah, wiped nah, out. <laughs> and uh, that's my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, growing up that way, when you didn't, you're not starting out competing at the youngest level, like, man, I didn't like how that felt at four or five, six years old, that loot, no. I'm straight on that. I want to work and do better so I don't have to feel those feelings. So, I think... That's part, that's that play as well because the participation ribbon, we all won. This is funny, bro. <laughs> so I, I work with this student and we've been working the whole school year so we was in the lunchroom and he was like this right after a lunch a lunch just ended bro he came up to me like all right baby, mr bruce mr bruce i'm like bro like what's up bro like what's going on he said man i gotta tell you something i just met this girl man she was sensational <laughs> <laughs> Bro, when he said sensational, dog. You fell out. Man, I fell out, bro, because that's us. Like, that mm -hmm. is something we would say for him to say that, man. I was I was on the floor, bro. I was on the floor, he was man. Convincing you about it, like man, what, bro? It was it was hilarious, man. That bro, what new day. words they saying nowadays in in school? Uh he he got sensational. He solid. He the only one saying that. But uh cap. No oh, cap. Yeah. They be yeah. saying that. Um, my son sent me a TikTok. Somebody was eating something, and he was like, "It's delicioso." <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Like man, these kids crazy. But it's funny though, bro, because you know all the slang terms, bro. It's it's the same. Mm -hmm. Like like we we had our slang terms, and it continues. But it's just it's mm -hmm. it's funny though, bro. Like cause cause then my kids be trying to clown me. Cause when I say they slang terms, but I'm like, bro, we we started we started this stuff. Man. We used to come up with slang terms, and oh, the had, whole city, we had the whole be, city talking. Like man, that. the whole yeah. city be talking like us, man. So they be trying to clown me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, man, I just know they be saying no captain, like you said. Uh, yeah, it's funny, bro. It's just a new form of communication. That's all it is, bro. We was on the same tip. With huh, you don't know, and you but you but and crown yourself, all that kind of crazy stuff. So. Yeah. All this capping, you know what I mean? What's the other ones, bro? The drip and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coming in hot, all this old crazy stuff that you mm -hmm. said, bro. But I, I like it overall, though, man. I just, I just, I'm a person that I like to just, just take it all in and let the little young cats usher in whatever the new speed is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if that's the new flavor, okay. Let me just see how y'all gonna swag it a little bit. And I, I like it, man. Even, even to the music, man. Like... I remember when, and I ain't a fan of mumble rap. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm yeah, an 80s baby. So I like the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s hip hop. But after we got over the hump of mumble rap, some of these dudes is, is picking up the torch a little bit and, 
and stepping their game up a little bit. I like Lil Baby, for oh, instance. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I like Lil Dirk. You know what I mean? And so sometimes, as opposed to just being hard on the man, we had Nas in our day. We had Jay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We had Jadakiss. We had X. As opposed to being that dude that's always doing that. Just falling back, man, and letting these little guys rock. I like it. You have to, you man. If you want to stay in tune with what's going on, man, you have to. Facts. Like, especially we got kids, bro. They they listen to music all the time, bro. Whether they cleaning up in their room, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So to, to know what they going through, to know what they what they bumping, you gotta you gotta tune in, bro. You have to. Yeah, my son, listen, NBA Young Boy. See, like, I can't get with it. Like I be like, <laughs> dude, like he be sounding the same. Oh, that's yeah. his. That's yeah. his thing. He be a young boy. He be mm-hmm. on it tough. Like, that's everybody. That's all the young generation thing, bro. I think he the most followed guy on YouTube. Yeah, he the, he definitely the most streamed. Mm-hmm. Okay. NBA, I, I rock with him. I like Forty Two Doug. I like, mm-hmm. like I say, Lil Dirk. I, I I I like all. Be honest. Let me just be honest. I couldn't even tell you who these dudes is, what they look like though. I just know when I hear the song. Yeah. Like my wife plays something from I think his name Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking like that was his song. Okay, that little song was hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember Kanye was saying something like, "Man, all of them little new rappers try to be like me." I didn't get it when he said it because I ain't even know what he was referring to. And then I happen to just listen. I'm looking like I do hear Ye and some the of these. these yeah, guys, I, yeah, I hear his influence over some of these little guys. And so, man, it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. When you just ain't the dude that's trying to shut it all down, in my opinion. Speaking of Travis Scott and Ye, did y'all hear about uh, Travis Scott giving Kanye the address where his his daughter' birthday was at? Mm-hmm. Did y'all I've hear that news, that. bro? I've seen that. I've seen that, bro. I seen Kanye go like live or something. <laughs> yeah, going crazy about he ain't had an address or something like that. Kim wouldn't pick up the phone. Her mom ain't picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going on a whole rant. So I was happy to see him make it to the birthday party. Baby, baby, mama, baby, but you father issue. Good terms, though, bro. Like whatever y'all going through, you got to mm-hmm. make sure you on good enough terms where you get the address, bro. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like if you if it's something that you can attend, or she like, or y'all talk about it, and yeah. she let you know, like, hey, well, this is just gonna be for my people, and respect that and move on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But what you think about, about the house? He building the house across the street, bro. bro that, again, <laughs> that's petty, man. Bro, king of on, bro. king of petty. Come on, man. Right move there. on, like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You still trying to keep tabs? I don't. She could pick up and go somewhere else. You know mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, man. I think he said something like, I guess he was from Atlanta, and his mom took him from Atlanta. They moved to Chicago. He was without his father, so he was saying that mm-hmm. like, those are some of the things. Like, man, I got to be around my kids. Mm-hmm. So, but we know like that's a political twist, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I mean, people, and true it is though, man. Yeah. Every good father want to be around their kids. I ain't knocking them for that, but yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't you shouldn't have to take to Instagram, Twitter, whatever you took to to, yeah. to try to get an address, bro. Like had a relationship built on. So as yo, as both of y'all being fathers, both of y'all being fathers, how would y'all have handled it? Having a the current person you with, and then having a your your child's mother. How would you have handled it, E? And then how would you have handled it, bro? That's exactly what I'm speaking to, bro. So like me and little Iman, we got a real good relationship, like. If it was a birthday party and it was something that I could be invited to or something that she wanted me at, then she would let me know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But if it was something like, well, I'm just going to do a party over here for him, you can go ahead and do your own thing, then we both would respect that. Like, but Now, did y'all get to that level where that respect was 
was was kind of cultivated or what, did that take time? Did I take work? No, bro, you got to, man, like if you lay down and have some babies with somebody, you got to have respect for them or you should have some level yeah, of respect yeah. for them. Um, so the respect was always there, but like we weren't always on the best of terms, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But like for big stuff like birthday parties and stuff like that, we'll never know issue. Like, Facts. If I wanted to do somebody, you'd be like, well, I'm just going to do something for them. You know what I mean? You go she ahead and cool with that. I'm going to do it on this day. You go ahead if you want to do it on. So compromising and yeah. making sure that communication. Schedules didn't conflict. Okay. Yeah. That was key. CB, with you, you married, but you, Kevin, mom, is is different from Cassie. Yeah, it's you know what I'm saying? very different. So, so I just got full custody of my son, so he's this summer. So he was living in Texas since he was in kindergarten. So he was five years old. Now he's 16, so he decided he want to live with me for these last two years of high school. So I, I haven't been a part of no birthdays, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because all his birthdays been there. Um, so this would be new for me, you know what I mean? His mo- mom moved up here. She moved up here now? In Michigan. Mm. So from Texas, she moved to- up to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. She moved to Yay. <laughs> yeah. In the sense of it. So she moved. You know, and I was, you know, at first I was like, you know, I was heated. You know what I mean? Like, man, he could have been dead that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But we all know how mothers is with their sons. So they how is them. communication to each point with you and her in terms of as it relates to Kevin? I think it's decent. Uh, Had it Did it have to improve over time or was it always good? It wasn't always good. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, you know, when you when you with, with somebody, you... And you have a, a a kid, and things don't go right with you and that individual. You know, things ain't gonna be things gonna be rocky for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, over the years, it got better. I think it got better with growth and maturity with both of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Growth and maturity. So now we can have we can have not now, but you know, the last few years we can have a civil conversation mm-hmm. in regards of our son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where before, you know. It was it was rocky, rocky. It took work I mean, to get there. Did anything? Did anything help y'all get to that place? Like was it was it both of y'all just growing? Was mm-hmm. it Kevin growing up? Was it just time? As they say, what time heals all wounds? Was it just time away helped y'all just get to a place where y'all can communicate effectively with one another? I think it was a lot with me. Like for me, for instance, I always think what's best for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think she always thought what's best for him is him being around me. It, sometimes I think as a, as a woman, sometimes, you know, they think about them first, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And their son, this is my son. And I always kept that in perspective and I was, always was the bigger person. Mm. So, so my communication, the way I communicated was differently. I watched what I say, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was more, I was real soft-spoken, more black and white with the conversation. And, and then once I began to see her, her growth in it, you know what I mean. Then I could be a little more looser with the with the whole conversation that we used to have, man. But uh, it definitely took some time, and you know, I was I was the bigger person, so I had to take that role. So speaking of parents, have parents ruined youth sports? That's a question that we got, and I wanted to make sure that we kind of not only shed some light on it, but kind of spoke to it at length to kind of gain some perspective uh, from some not only individuals that are parents, but we are now, we the parents that's sports mom and dads and things of that nature as opposed to used to being the athlete. 
has have parents ruin youth sports? I could hire parents. I, I think to a certain degree, I want I don't want to say all parents, but I think parents struggle with a few things. Um, number one, you have some parents force their kids to play a sport. Mm-hmm. That's a good force point. them to play a sport. Um, for me, like what my dad used for me growing up, he used to coach at, he coached basketball in high school, coached at Central back in the day. So he took me around it. So I fell in love with it because I'm around her all the time. Same thing I did with my kids. You know what I mean? I took them around the sport. Mm-hmm. They want to pick up a ball, whatever, football, basketball, whatever it is. I'm going to help you out in that. So number one, parents is forcing them. Number two, some parents, and I'm not saying all parents, some parents have this self of um, this, I didn't make it in high school or I didn't make it in college. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So now I put all this pressure on my kids. I want to mm-hmm. live through them. There you go. They're trying live to live through. vicariously through their kids mm-hmm. and maybe pushing a kid when a kid may not even have it, may exactly. not even want it for real. Exactly. Mm. Number three, you have a lot of single uh, mothers, right? And they have boys, for example, and they don't know what direction to go. Mm-hmm. So they easily manipulate it. So, hey, come play AAU basketball. So they manipulate by the coaches? Yes, easy. Coaches. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's trainers. You know, and they don't, they're not getting that education up front. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you you spending t- thousands and thousands of dollars for AAU and all this training, mm-hmm. right? You don't even know this coach backstory. You don't even know this training backstory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, and... That's tough because the moms don't know. You know what tough. I mean? The moms don't really know, mm-hmm. and they going all by what other people are saying. They really not digging that information up. And I think, you know, <clears throat> to some degree, you know, AAA, AAU basketball had affected um, basketball in this whole, in, this, in general, man. Just be think about it. They got AAU basketball for kindergarten first grade second grade third fourth fifth mm-hmm. and these kids in second and third grade bro and i'm not saying you know and, and these kids traveling all over the country you know how much money that is in time and that's not a kid being a kid mm-hmm. and granted i know it's some households and some kids in second third grade might got it mm-hmm. but that's a low low percentile bro that's a good point low low percentile mm-hmm. i want to speak to Bro, no, you, you hit a few things on the head, man. Is the with the parents on the parent side of things? For for one, I want to speak to the the living through vicariously through your kids. Like you kind of touched on it, but mm-hmm. like you said, bro, the ones that don't make it. Let's let's go back a little bit. Before you had kids, bro, everybody's like, man, when I have a son, he going to the league. Oh yeah, no you know doubt. what I'm saying. And as low level thinking as that is, bro, people carry that on over into real life. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know what I mean, not thinking about the kid, what is going to benefit them or not benefit them, trying to force whatever sport or passion on them from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you can do more damage to a kid by trying to do that versus exactly. trying to help the kid. You know what I mean? There's way more pitfalls that can come along on that road versus, you know what I mean, benefit. Secondly, um, like you said, the traveling, man, with the parents paying all this money and doing all of these different things, that gives them a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm paying all this money. I'm going to say what I want to say at these mm. games. I'm going to mm. act the way I want to act. You get what I'm saying? Hey, Can't nobody tell that. me nothing. 
the ref can't tell me that was a foul or they didn't call. I don't, you know, man, mm-hmm. that was a flag, whatever justification for whatever sport you want to use. You know what I'm saying? I believe like that's some of the issues that's at play as well. Mm. The, is sportsmanship still a thing in today's sports as it relates to youth sports? Is it a thing to be able to shake hands after a game for parents to accept defeat? <laughs> it's easy to shake hands after the win. Yeah. But no, after the defeat, no, it's hard, bro. So because it's... we live in a culture where, where do they really start to count the losses, man? Like at what age? That's my question, real quick. What, <laughs> what age is it like when you playing youth basketball? They really take the score and it really participation it's... trophies has <laughs> has wiped out. <laughs> and that's uh... my point. You know what I'm saying? Like that growing up that way, yeah. when you didn't, you're not starting out competing at the youngest level. Like man, I didn't like how that felt at four, five, six years old. That loot, no. I'm straight on that. I want to work and do better so I don't have to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part. That's at play as well because the participation ribbon, we all won. So is participation trophies, is that a byproduct of sportsmanship no longer existing? I believe so. Because now everybody a winner. Yep. When you really didn't win, definitely ain't put in the work to be considered a winner. So for those that maybe was built like us that really put the work in, that was really dedicated and committed to this game, to the sport. Now you just got people who just was half-baked getting the same love and adulation. Well, let's use this analogy, man. The earlier you learn that the stove is hot, bro, the better, right? Facts. So the earlier you learn about that loss don't feel good, the better in team sports. You get what I'm saying? And I remember, bro, that's – dang, I'm going to go back to the enabling part, (laughs) E, where you talked about parents and stuff. I mean, the entitlement and stuff like that. And that's true. And I, I look at parents, they're enabling their kids. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest part, bro. So yep. now coaches coaches can't be coaches. Like when our coaches used to get in our face and doing those, some of those things. Parents weren't trying to intervene uh, and say, don't uh, talk no, to my kid no, like that. My, my mom and you our parents was like, Sparky McEwen. You have the blessing of your you parents. Go. When he on yep. the field, he yours. He yours. That was it. Mm-hmm. And now we, we can't do that. Coaches can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then, so so you got the coaches that's credited that can't do that. But then you have the coaches who don't have the education that's doing it. So I see a, I see a lot of different things, man. And and I think it's 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 on both sides. You know, it's AAU, and I'm seeing in the U sports, man. It's Man, I see parents born to refs, born to coaches, mm-hmm. doing all these things. Like you said, no sportsmanship in the crowd. Mm-hmm. My kid is not playing. It's my, 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 my. It's no, it's no more about team no more. If my you look question. At social media, my bad, bro. If you look at social media, you look at some of the parents when they kid plays a sport. <laughs> Real talk, bro. I, I see it a million of times. <laughs> it don't matter what game, football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, it's about my kid. It's. Mm-hmm. A presentation of my kid. This is my kid. You know what I mean? This is my kid before the game. Mm-hmm. Even though we lost 50 to 0, my kid had a touchdown or mm-hmm. my kids had 20 points. So, mm. team, it's not even team no more. So it ain't even it's team about no more. my kid. Yeah. Has players' attitude been impacted by parents' behaviors and lack of sportsmanship 100%. in today's youth sports? 100%. When you look up in the stands, you see your parents acting the fool, bro. What does that tell you that you can do? Mm-hmm. Like, you get what I'm saying? It's right there in your face, yeah. man. Like, if they don't know how to act while at a basketball game mm-hmm. or how to 
conduct themselves while talking to a referee or yep. official. Like, how you think you're going to act? Yep. You get what I'm saying? If you in the crowd and you showing out, your dad ain't looking like, yo, chill out. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You're going to continue to act up. So bro. back to CB point about enabling. They're, they're indirectly enabling poor behavior mm-hmm. and poor sports. By what they exhibit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. They say the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Man, that's more real it is than to get, man. Um, with that being said, let's talk about the short leash that black QBs seem to have in terms of their career life expectancy. Because, man, I often see and notice, and I was talking to my guys about this, man, like I'm amazed that superstar black QBs, if they don't become superstars at the NFL level coming from being one at the college level, they are never able to have the career of a Jason Garrett, of a Ryan Fitzpatrick, of a Matt Castle. I look around at guys like J.T. Barrett to Akili Smith to Antoine Randall, even though he got moved to receiver, to J.T. Barrett. Braxton Miller got converted to a receiver. Tebow didn't even get converted to nothing until – until he joined the Jaguar. I just look at the dynamic and I wonder why don't we get the backup roles? And one thing I wanted to preface this under is like, man, we got to know that sports is a business. So you have, we look at it like it's a team, but it's no different than having departments. If you were in a workplace, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm looking like, how come the QBs can't ever have, we either got to be the manager mm-hmm. Or the director, but we can't ever be the assistant manager. Mm-hmm. We after, can't after being yeah. We can't ever be the team lead. Yeah. We it's either all or nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think a few things are at play with that, man. Um, one being the superstardom of some of these guys. Like it's hard for a superstar, or the perception would be it would be hard for a superstar to sit on the bench. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To be in a supportive role. Like you, like you name it. So, I think it could be that. Like for some of the bigger stars, that like a Braxton Miller or the JT Bears, these RG3, guys were like for example. RG three, for example. Like that was a humble pill for him to be the backup mm-hmm. for uh, Lamar Jackson for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Because he still was had aspirations of being a starter. But like you said, man, RG three should still be a backup somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he should still have a role somewhere, like the Tyrod Taylors of the world. Especially given the fact that the game, I think CB talked about this. The game has evolved into the athletic QB, the dual threat QB yeah. is now the it thing to yeah. be. So yeah. RG three, you you ain't RG three that won the Heisman, yeah. but you still you fit the mold of today's QB yeah. even in a backup role. Mm-hmm. And so to only have a two year work history as a backup versus not getting that 12 to 16 year run mm-hmm. of Ryan Fitzpatrick's and, and many others I can name Trent Dilford, all kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Chase Daniels, Chase Daniels yep. Drew Stanton, <laughs> cousin. I mean, uh, Hoyer, yeah. uh, all kind of uh, cats. I'd be looking on the bench. Like why we don't get those jobs. Why don't we get those jobs? And so it's deeper for me than, seeing black coaches not get their just due or their leash be short, but I'm looking at the leash and it's how short it is yeah. it's for the same. black QBs. Yeah. It's the same. Black head coach mm-hmm. and black QBs. It's the same. Both power positions. Mm-hmm. For, for, first of all, you know, white quarterbacks is more than white quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's, let's put that in there. Number two, 
when when there's a black quarterback that comes into it, number one thing, the the, the number one component I think is is their legs. The legs meaning they're athletes, they can run. Mm-hmm. Number two, strong arm. Do they got arm talent? Yeah. And then it's the progression. They have to get better. Now progressing on reading coverages. Think yeah. about in high school. Okay, let's let's put it in high school. All right. There's so many inner city schools in America, high school, right? High school football. And you have so many talented athletes that play the quarterback position. They play that position in high school because they're the best athlete. They the best athlete. So they don't have in most schools and most of these schools they don't have a quarterback coach that's sitting these kids down and say, "Hey, these are the project, uh, projections. These are the progressions. I mean, these are some of the coverages we reading here, we reading here, we hearing here. No, give them the ball, be an athlete. Mm-hmm. And now those athletes go to college. You making the point? Not knowing no coverages, bro. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can't read a defense. You know what I mean? Look up uh, my man that played at Ohio State. Uh, he was with Cam Newton at that time when Cam Newton was at Auburn. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Mm-hmm. Strong arm, legs. What he struggled with? Reading coverages, bro. Mm-hmm. And they, and it, and so now we have to catch this guy up in college in those three years. And guess what, bro? It's like it's like it's like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. Now I'm going from third grade to sixth grade. Mm. And I got to do that in a short time span. You go third grade to high school, bro. Because the high you school go. is like, it's you know not big I mean? of a jump. Yeah, I know exactly High school what you're and then in the NFL. High school to college. Where you can't get away with just being the best athlete on the field you, anymore. You, you right? can't. So, you so that's what I'm saying. That's what happened to most of us. And then you mm-hmm. only got a couple Jameis Winston's. You only got a couple uh, pocket passers. Yeah. So you the James Jameis Winston's is equal to the Fitzpatrick's, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 average above average white typical quarterback, but mm-hmm. it's more of them. And then again, because he always been a pocket passer. There you go, like, he's always a baseball been. player, thrower. You know what I mean? If, and when mm-hmm. Deion Sanders son goes, Shador Sanders, he a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Iron talent, but guess what? He gonna have those components to be able to read coverages. He was getting trained by Keely Smith in high school. You know, his dad Deion gonna make sure he's solid and equipped, so he gonna be good. But guess what? That's only one. So that might be the issue right there. Is because they. Most of these black quarterbacks got away with being the best athlete from little league to middle school to high school and mm-hmm. in college. And now you actually got to read a coverage. Mm-hmm. And this guy's, and you got to anticipate and you got to throw on time and you got to yeah. know where you're going with the ball and the play and the, where yeah. all 11 people supposed to be doing and where they're going. You get what I'm saying? Mike? Look with Jalen Hurts. Look at the dual throws quarterback struggling in years past. Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts stro- uh, struggled with right now. accuracy, mm-hmm. reading coverages. Michael Vick, he had arm talent, but he struggled with accuracy. Mm-hmm. LG Crumpton was the best thing to happen to Vick, man. I remember when yeah. he started going to tight end, yeah. his accuracy started going up, though. Yeah. Like, that, that was the best thing for him. But that was that was a struggle. And he mm-hmm. was a freak of an athlete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to do that much in high school. <laughs> so, CB, before you was a superstar wide receiver at Ferris State University, you was a superstar quarterback. Yeah. And for those that don't know um, – that was his first love, QB. Randall Cunningham, just went, Donovan McNabb, those are his childhood idols, those kind of guys he was looking up to growing up. What is some of the challenges as well as responsibilities do you feel when you were a quarterback that was at play for you? Was it a burden having to be the leader of the team? You get all the praise when you win, all the blame for the losses were – 
you had other challenges like was reading coverages. Yeah, that was my biggest challenge, reading coverages. He'd tell you, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to understand coverages. Mm. Prior to my senior year, when I got a grip of it, I remember they used to quiz me in the winter time. Uh, <laughs> he was in there in the bro, gym. Bro, like live, him. this live yeah. dummies, bro. Yeah. You got safeties out there, and <laughs> yeah. corners, backers, like, yeah. what coverage is this, bro? You know, too high, like, see yeah. me bombing. I'm in the bombing. He was like, <laughs> no. He knew him. Bro. I ain't know him, bro. Bro. Like, so it took me a long time to figure that out, bro. So I remember my first game, senior against Norview. They were shifting coverage, bro. They were showing too high coming three. Mm. You know what I mean? They was doing combo coverage. That, that was rare, you know what I mean, in high school for me to see it. And I had to read it in my drop. So that was the biggest challenge, mm. reading coverages, bro. So so I know, and I had the coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it took me some time. So imagine these these, these African-American quarterbacks at these schools. Because you know why, though, coaching. bro? You've been playing quarterback ever since you was a little kid, bro. Yeah. And when did you – Decide to start reading the coverage. Tim Gray. My point exactly. <laughs> Trying to. You get what I'm saying? No other time yeah. you just dropping back throwing the ball. Yeah. Like yeah, I got two things, man. <laughs> CB, I'm I'm it's crazy to hear that because you was a good safety. Mm. And I would have thought as a defensive guy, D B myself, I would have thought that your time at safety would have translated over to your mm-hmm. role as a QB in terms of you reading coverages and breaking all of that down. But that's that's interesting to hear. My other question is, when you was in the NFL, what's your thoughts on quarterbacks having to make the transition from being a QB to getting shifted to wide receiver? What kind of mental toll does that take, switching positions when you were grown to be something? For me, I did it in college. So I wouldn't say it was easier. It was challenging in the sense of, you know, Ross, I struggled with running the curl route, running the comeback. That was a challenging factor. But it helped me because I knew every coverage. So mm-hmm. at receiver, imagine receivers on if quarter receivers don't know coverages like that, bro. Mm-hmm. Especially in college. So when I was lining up, bro, I knew the coverage. I knew cover two. I knew cover three. Mm-hmm. So it was a gift and a curse because sometimes I knew when I was getting the ball, I knew when I wasn't getting the ball. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, sometimes I run half as rough. You know what I mean? So that was the benefit part for me. The mm-hmm. challenging part, like y'all know, mm-hmm. when we used to spend all the time running routes, I couldn't run a curl I couldn't run mm-hmm. a comeback route. Those hours and hours and hours and hours of that, but that's how I work. But I'd say the, the challenge, the most challenging part was quarterback. And I just say easier to play receiver mm-hmm. and catching a ball is mm-hmm. a lot easier because you're a quarterback. The ball is always in your in hands. Your hands, always in your hands, man. So for me, it's just running a couple routes. What? So was it? Was there ever a mental hurdle to get over? Like when you had to say, you know what, my best shot at making it to the NFL, even though I was a quarterback all my life, was to be a wide receiver. Was there any mental hurdle that you had to maybe shift towards and be like? Because me and E could attest, mm-hmm. bro, bro dedicated everything uh, to receiver. To receiver. Uh, like, the, for, like us seeing the shift, like, we looking like, man, mm-hmm. he, I mean, from he the a true quarterback the, for those that didn't know. Like, right. a true, if y'all think Tom Brady, <laughs> y'all see quarterback <laughs> yeah. Drew Brees. So, mm-hmm. to somebody to go cold turkey. From and, quarterback, and now you're watching straight receiver. And now you just film. a straight receiver. Breaking down DBs. <laughs> Straight corners and safeties. So, yeah, I always be curious about the mental hurdle. Because, like, you was a DN and a tight end. But they 
they relatively similar just on opposite sides of the ball. As a running back and a DB, yeah. it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no real mental hurdles for me to overcome. I'm just knowing I'm on defense, I'm locking it down. When I'm at running back, I'm thinking take it to the house. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of, not a lot the way on my brain. So you made a whole position change, like being the leader of the team, of the huddle, to now you're dependent on somebody getting you the ball for you to impact the game. That's the, you know, I think about, shoot, it's a lot of Heinz Ward. Mm -hmm. Heinz Ward played quarterback at Georgia. Georgia. Ran option. Antoine Randall. So those guys made that transition. And it was, man. Were they they motivation for you? Did they inspire you? Most definitely. Because they did it. I was like, man, they could do it. I know I could do it. Not mm-hmm. saying it like that, but they was dogs. You know what I mean? And, you yeah, know, they went to the well was real good at Indiana. Yeah, he was. He, he made it going to the league. He, he made the transition. He, he cooked man, us he at Michigan sweet, State. Bro, he was so sweet. And then Heinz Ward, you know, his toughness. You know, him playing our receiver, just mm-hmm. tough. And then mm-hmm. Antoine Randall, you know, return of punts. He was just quick, nice slot. He was he was sweet, man. Speaking of Heinz Ward, I think he just finna have a head coaching interview, bro, with the. That's what's up. With uh, the Dolphins, bro. That's what's and up. He, and he a coach in Florida Atlantic. Mm. Like an assistant coach. Yeah, I seen that, man. But, you know, watching those guys. And there's a lot of guys. Uh, Josh Cribs. Mm-hmm. That's what's Kent up. Kent he, he was a dog quarterback. And he was a dog returner. He was a dog in the league. You know in what I mean? Word so, word it's word. a lot of guys that uh, Julian Edelman. Same. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was a dog. So, it's crazy that all these quarterbacks that changed receivers was dogs. Mm-hmm. We just named four dogs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before we so, get off the league, bro, uh, you got a chance to be in Green Bay and see Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. at a real early age, man. Could you see all of this coming? Could you see him being three-time MVP, Super Bowl winner? Yeah. The mo- one was, of the most accurate it was. It was obvious, man, because when I was there, you know, I was, on the, uh, I was on the practice squad, and he was my quarterback. And all the throw, all the stuff he doing now, he did it in practice, bro. Throwing <laughs> no lookers, like for real, bro. He did it in practice, and it was effortless. Like, it was just, that was just what it is. And just to see that on an everyday basis. But then, you know, you got Favre there and you got Aaron Rodgers there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to see his growth and his development. It don't surprise me with his accuracy, man. You see how he is now. He's just, he flawless, bro. bro. You know what I mean? He just, he just flawless, man. And mm-hmm. It just goes to show you, man, when you got a really good quarterback, you always going to have a shot. You know, you just think it at the Cowboys and the 49ers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just hear, um. They, the Cowboys jerked it off, man. Jerry Jones, you know, you talk about you got all the pieces together, and I'm hearing all these analysts saying all these things, but it comes down to the quarterback. Bro. Nothing else matters, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the quarterback. I think Sharp said some things about it. Unk said some things about it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the QB. We love Dak Prescott. And Jimmy G him. was trying to give it back to him. Yeah, he was. So, and it comes to – and this this, this is the other piece, too, people don't say, though, bro. All right, well, you got Dak Prescott. Let's say he's a, let's say he's an above average good quarterback mm-hmm. right now. Let's just say that Jimmy G above average. So when you don't have a Tom Brady, a Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, when you don't have these guys where I could call any play, it doesn't matter. They're gonna find an open guy. Mm-hmm. You have to be creative in your play calling. Facts, mm-hmm. and that's where Shanahan. If you watch his play calling, he killed Dallas, yeah. bro. For yeah. Sure. 
he killed Dallas, and it was all play calling. He did a lot of RPOs. You mentioned that even before the game. There. They was doing all those things, making it easy reads for Jimmy G, bro. Mm -hmm. Jimmy G, easy reads. He had one bad throw when he threw it over his head. You know what I mean? But that was an easy completion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he kept the chains moving. And and that's the thing where I credit to Shanahan. He don't have a he don't have a Mahomes, bro. Mm -mm. He have a system quarterback where I have to draw plays and I have to make him comfortable and I got to have easy reads for him. But we also know some games where, you know, up, Jimmy G, you're going to have to make the reads yourself. It might yep. be a tight game, you know what I mean? Yep. So that's why I think about it. You got to have a quarterback and your play caller must be creative. But also pushback, not even pushback, but um, Mike McCarthy didn't do a good job as at all, bro. Like just as a whole leader, like – this sequence of plays killed me, man. They went for the, the fake punt. They get the fake punt, mm -hmm. and then you lead a punt team on the field, and then you get a penalty. Like, yeah. so you you know what I mean? You shoot your, you get the you get the first down, and you shoot yourself in the foot, bro. Like, bro, pull them off the field, bro. Get your offense back on the field. That's was a head coach. To, I think they was trying to run a play though, bro. Exactly. Why? And it was taking forever. Like I don't horrible know, to call. Get yeah, after like, you get man. after you got the momentum, you get the you go for it on fourth down. You get it. Yeah. You put the offense back on the field. Now let's keep it rolling. Yeah, horrible, you left the front. The front horrible there. preparation and execution. Yeah, like come on, man. Yeah. Like so, it be sometimes when I see like coaching blunders like that, I'm like, what are they yeah. thinking, bro? Like, mm -hmm. well, speaking of easy, man, one thing we will say: having these two guys is easy work, and life is about transitions. And so, in terms of knowing the ebbs and flows of life, guys, you got to be flexible and nimble in all that you do. Alright guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check us out at YouTube, Deeper Than Sports, at Twitter, Deeper Than Sports, and at Instagram, Deeper Than Sports. Until then, next time, see you later.